Welcome to the Devoted City Church podcast. Our mission is to help people find, trust, and follow Jesus. To learn more about our church, visit devotedcity.com. In today's episode, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Donnie Williams, or a member of our teaching team. Excited to be here at LifePoint. This is an amazing church that's doing amazing things, and I felt the love the moment all walked in this place. So come on, give yourself a hand. Amen. Let us pray. God, I pray that you would use me for your glory, that your power would be released throughout this sanctuary, regardless of what anyone is going through. The person that is down will be lifted. The person that feels weak will gain strength. The person that's stuck in darkness will see your marvelous light. And someone will give their life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm from Gary, Indiana. Um, a place that some people know for Michael Jackson. Man. Or a song from an old TV show that say, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. But to me, it's home. Um, to a lot of people, it's a dangerous place. Growing up in the 90s and 2000s, it was murder capital of the world. I know how it feel to look at your playground, and the playground look more like a battleground. That before I can go to math class or social studies or science, I have to walk through metal detectors because at any given moment, people can come in schools with all type of guns. I know how I feel to lose best friends getting shot multiple times. Just Monday, another person was killed, shot 18 times on the way to play basketball with an AK-47. It's serious, it's real, there's nothing to play with. And the only thing that I know that has the power to make a difference is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I preach with so much passion. That's why I travel the world and tell them about the one who changed my life. And I'm excited to be here today because I know what Jesus has a history of doing. Jesus, was, Jesus has a history of leaving you better than how he found you. It reminds me of a story, true story, about a homeless man who was, he was known all throughout the community. He always stood at the same corner. And he had a sign that he hold up. He said, um, please feed me, I'm hungry. Some people rolled past him. Some people ignored him. Some people stopped and gave him a sandwich and gave him a couple dollars. But at one point, he went missing for a few months. And then everyone was asking, what happened to him? Where is he at? Have you seen him? I wonder, is he okay? And then a few months later, he popped back up. But this time, he looked it different. He smelt better. He looked better. His head wasn't matted. He was manicured. He was well-dressed. He was groomed. He was smelled good. And everyone was wondering, how does he look like this now? What was it that changed his condition? How do he look so good now? And then he had another sign on that same corner but this time, the sign didn't say, please feed me, I'm hungry. But this time, the sign said, someone gave me Jesus. And I believe that he's not the only one with the testimony. Because I believe that you remember how you was before someone gave you Jesus. 
before someone gave you an invitation that led to your transformation. Matter of fact, is there anybody here besides me that knows that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me? Come on, let's give God praise for that. And I want to challenge you because just like Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to you and how he changed and transformed your life, he's so good that we shouldn't keep to ourselves. A statistic that blew my mind this year, Thursday, when I was getting ready to jump on the plane, I pulled up a statistic and it said over 12,000 people have already died due to starvation. Every 10 seconds, a child dies worldwide from starvation. Every minute, six people die, pass away, leave this earth because they die from starvation. And I started to think about it. How was that possible? And God, he gave me something very plain. He let me know that the reason why people died was not because it was a lack of food. He said, but the reason why they died is because those with food refused to feed them. Think about how much food we throw away. How much food we take home as a doggy bag from a restaurant that goes in the refrigerator and never get a chance to hit our mouth again. We just throw all this food away. And then I thought about it. Look at the condition of our country. Look at the condition of our community. How many people are dying spiritually? are starving spiritually, dying from spiritual malnutrition. They are in bad shape spiritually and the reason why they are dying spiritually from starvation is not because it's a lack of food, but because us with food refuse to feed them. This great commission is not an option, it's an obligation. This great commission is a mandate. His last command cannot be our least concern. It's serious. This is the Great Commission. Someone shout great. great. Let me tell you, it gives great results. It has the power to do great things. Matter of fact, I discovered it's a sin to be good when God called you to be great. Goodness is unacceptable when God has deposited greatness in us. Notice the language of the Bible. He don't call it the Good Commission. He called it the Great Commission. He said this is not the Good Commandment, but this is the great commandment we don't say good is he that is in me than he that is in the world we say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and the reason why God expect great things from us is because he had deposited greatness in us this great commission is watch this is a result after a church really serious about the great commandment because the great commandment is to love God with all our heart mind and soul and love our neighbor as we love ourselves and if we really don't love God the way we say we do and if we really don't love neighbors the way we say we do we will not be in a rush to carry a gospel about somebody we don't love to people we really don't love and that's why sometimes it seems like the world is in a condition that is in because the church as a whole is guilty of the sin of silence it seemed like a a moment of silence have grown to a movement of silence. We need to understand that we can't afford to be quiet. That he told us that it's time for us to get up and it's time for us to speak up. This great commission, it challenges us. It tells us to get up and go. Go into the world. And let us know that it's time for us to tell the world about the one that changed you. Someone shall go. We ought to be a church on the go. G-O, that means get out. 
Listen, the outs cannot come in if the ends never go out. The church that refused to evangelize will soon fossilize. The church that refused to carry out the gospel to make disciples, to win the loss, is a church that refused, watch this, to live up to its biblical reason for why we exist. And it's time for us to get out. Matter of fact, he tell us to go, and what we need to go with is the gospel. Now, it was amazing to me because we going for God, but you can't spell God without spelling the word go. The word go is two-thirds of the word God. Spell God. There you go. <laughs> it's G-O-D. And what we are going with, we are going for God with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what blows my mind is that you can't even spell gospel without spelling the word go. Gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. What type of news is the gospel? What type of news? Good, great, but it's called the good news. <laughs> but guess what? You can't spell good news without spelling the word go. G-O-O-D. And the reason why it's G-O-O-D, good, is because it comes from capital G-O-D, God. This is real good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Ain't that amazing that this news that we got talks about the love of God, how it has the power to change and transform our life. How much do God love us? He couldn't find an adjective. He said God so loves us. Now how much love is so love? How good is so good? How hungry is so hungry? How tired is so tired? Their word so is immeasurable, is inexhaustible, is unexplainable. You really can't describe it. So love with a scale, you can't weigh it. So love with a pickup truck, you can't haul it. So love with a ruler, you can't measure it. It's higher than space. It's stronger than steel. It's brighter than diamonds. It's purer than gold. Regardless of the mistake you made in life, Jesus loved you so much. He said, God, but I did this before. He said, so what? I still want you. That's pretty good news, ain't it? But the greatest news about what he did on a hill called Calvary, how he went and died for our sins and got back up on the third day with all power. But I discovered something. Another word for Calvary is Golgotha. But you can't spell Golgotha <laughs> without spelling the word go. And that's our goal, to reach the world for God to take them the gospel which is good news about what Jesus did for us but you can't spell the word gold without spelling go someone say let's go I need you to understand that this great co-mission is to make the world know who Jesus is co-mission 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 this mission is Christ ordered this is a Christ ordered mission Christ has given us marching orders. He has told his church what he wants us to accomplish. And this CO, this Christ orders, whenever Christ gives a CO, we ought to respond with a CO. He gave us his orders, our CO, his children ought to obey. Let me ask this question. How obedient have you been to the Great Commission? Because we devoted in 22 and now we devoted in 23. But let me ask this question and I'm about to challenge you for a second. I need you to close your eyes for one second. 
How many went an entire year last year without winning one soul to Christ? You went a whole year, 365 days, without introducing no one to Jesus. If you didn't win one soul to Christ, raise your hand. If you did not win one soul to Christ. You can put your hand down. Let me ask this question. If we haven't been giving people Jesus, then what have we been doing? There is nothing more important. You have no greater task. The Bible speaks of wise is the man who wins souls. Now let me ask you this question again in a different term. These same people that we walk past, these same people that we kept our mouth closed on. Now, if someone would tell you that this person you're getting ready to walk past, that if you do not give them Jesus, that if you do not share the gospel with them, that this person will go and rob or break in your house, or this person will go and pull a gun out on your child, or this person will try to hurt you if you do not give them the gospel, would you still walk past them? Would you still ignore them? If you know that if I walk past this person with my mouth closed and don't give them the gospel, that this person have the potential to harm me or someone I love later on, would you still walk past them? You will have a different urgency about it. You will be intentional about sharing Jesus Christ with, you, with them. Now, we don't know. We have no idea what this person is going to do in the future. But we do know that if we give them Jesus, he has the power to change and transform their life because everything God touched never stays the same. The reason I know is because God changed my life. Matter of fact, I got a good friend that came with me. His name is Lewis. Lewis, two years ago, was shot at close, gun, gun close range. A guy that he looked out for, a guy that he helped, a guy he was there for in a time of need, got angry, got upset. He was walking out of the barbershop, a guy pointed a gun right to him, pulled the trigger, tried to hit him in the chest. The bullet moved and went through both of his legs. But this morning, regardless of the bullet going through his leg, he's still walking with Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise for that. And he was challenged. Do I retaliate? Do I try to get my lick back? How do I respond to somebody trying to take my life? The way he responded was by offering him life. The same one, thank you Jesus, that tried to take his life is the same one he witnessed to. Was the same one he shared the gospel with. And now they can walk side to side, not as enemies, but as brothers in Christ. Why? Because the gospel has the power to change hearts like that. Amen. I was thinking about something, how you all was doing a powerful study in Acts chapter 2, where we see the church being born. When you see the church at its birth, you see the church at its best. We see them coming together, helping out everyone. No one can go and lack. No one can be in need. We brought everything we had together to make sure no one was out. But then I thought about something. I said, Lord, I need you to help me. He said, yes, I will help you with this because he talks about how they added daily to the church. How God didn't mind multiplying 
because it was an environment, it was a, a body, it was, it was a nucleus that made a difference in everyone they came in contact with. God asks as he sees fit. And that's the reason I see a room full of people because it's power and love. I see a room full of people because the gospel is contagious. We see a room full of people because the gospel make a difference in people's lives. But in Acts chapter 17, when it was recognized by the those from Thessalonica, they said these are the people that is responsible for the world being flipped upside down. And that's what I want you all to do. I'm challenging life point. To be able to go through Raleigh, North Carolina and flip this city upside down like never before. Life point. Your job as life point is to point people to him who's the life. You ought to be able to point people to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. That's for your going. I am the truth. That's for your knowing. I am the life. That's for your being. LP, that's y'all initials. Y'all got to operate in LP, the Lord's power. And when you operate in LP, the Lord's power, you will operate in another LP. You will love people. Someone shout LP. I wrote a whole bunch of LPs. I don't know if I'm going to say all of them. But guess what? Here go one with the Great Commission, LP. Let's proclaim. LP, people coming down. We're going to lift people. What we're going to do most of all is lead people to Christ. Now, I looked at LifePoint and said, it's not spelled P-O-I-N-T. It's spelled P-O-I-N-T-E. Power of introducing Christ to everybody. Planning on intentionally telling everybody. Pulling others into eternity. Pulling others in before time expires. Let me tell you why that's so important. Because evangelism and discipleship is an earthly only activity. Everything else we do in the church, we can do it on earth and in heaven. We sing here on earth, we'll be singing in heaven. We worship on earth. We'll be worshiping in heaven. We praise on earth. We'll be praising in heaven. She just broke that word hallelujah down pretty good. Hallelujah comes from two Hebrew words, haleo and yah. Haleo means to boast or to brag. Yah is short for Yahweh. When you put it together, it's to boast or to brag in Yahweh who is your God. And I don't know about you, when it comes to Jesus, I'm very braggadocious about him. I got a whole list of reasons that I can boast and brag. Matter of fact, anybody know that can't nobody do me like Jesus? Can't nobody love me the way he loved me, hold me the way he hold me, keeps me the way he keeps me, provides the way he provides. And if you so in love with Jesus, he should be so good to keep to yourself. So I want to do something. I'm going I'm to challenge you from a 10-year-old. I, I got a baby girl named Emma. Real name Emily, we call her baby Emma. She's 10 years old now, and I'm a father of four. I love my children. I thank God for blessing me with the privilege of being a father. But she taught me a very powerful lesson. Emily, I took her, her favorite meal, which is an eight-count nugget from Chick-fil-A. 
And I took it to school, and um, she said, Daddy, I want my waffle fries, and I want a large lemonade. I said, yes, and, and two Chick-fil-A sauces. So I, I brought it in on, on the lunch period at school, and when I gave her her bag, I seen her get happy, but what, what kind of threw me off is all her friends start to get happy too. So I guess I just didn't bring her Chick-fil-A. I, I brought them Chick-fil-A, and they, they began to stand in line. She was pulling out a nugget. She passed one to one of her friends. They had dipped one in one of the sauces and one of jump, lead jumping off. <laughs> the other one smiling, the other one twisting and dancing, eating their chick, chick nuggets. And watch this. I said, Emily, she said, Dad, you, you did something wrong. She said, what? She said, he said, you didn't bring enough. I said, I brought enough for you. I just didn't bring enough for everyone else. But God showed me something. He said, look at the effect of what the nugget had on each child. And what my daughter did wasn't just share chicken nuggets. What my daughter did was share with them what her father had given her. When she shared with her friends what her father had given her, smiles jumped on faces. Joy jumped in spirits and hearts and they began to dance and feel a certain type of way and guess what y'all God gave us a treasure it wasn't chicken nuggets but it was the gospel of Jesus Christ and I believe that if you share with the world with your neighborhood with your community what the father has given you you will see a difference being made all throughout our region let me tell you how important you are. When it came to be about the father's business, God chose you to be his business partner. I don't know if there are any entrepreneurs in, in the room, but you are very particular on who you choose to be a partner to handle your business. You want somebody with integrity. You want someone with character. You don't want nobody who you can't trust. Someone who with a greedy heart and an untrustworthy hand. But you want someone who's serious, who uh, makes sure that we'll fulfill the task and our opportunity or the reason why our business exists. You will be very careful of just choosing anyone. And when it came to this serious business, God chose you to be his business partner. How have you been having, handling the family's business lately? Is the father's business in good hands or have we been neglecting it? You are seed planted in the hand of God. If you study ecology, ecology is a branch of biology. Ecology deals with an organism that's introduced to a new environment. It's like a seed being introduced into the ground. Now what blows my mind is that the ground don't change the seed, but instead it's the seed that changed the ground. Every place that this seed is planted, a change and a transformation take place. When the seed hit the ground, the ground no longer remains the same because something is inside the seed that brings change to whatever is planted. And guess what? You are a seed that's been strategically planted by the hand of God. God has planted you in the family he planted you in. On the job he planted you in. In the ministry he planted you in. In the community he planted you in. And your job, your community, your family should not be the same. And the reason why I know it is because God planted you in it. 
God loves you. And when God saved you, he just didn't save you to save you. But he saved you to use you. When God saved you, he saved you with more than just you on his mind. But when God saved you, he saved you with other people on his mind. Some people are still struggling, still shackled down, still contemplating suicide, still walking in the wrong direction of their life. Could it be? Because your gift is the answer to set them free. Your gift holds the key to unlock what got them shackled down. And the reason they still stuck in what they stuck in is because we haven't got up and spoke up yet. I believe that the answer, that the antidote, that the medicine to this community in this region is right here in Life Point Church. I believe that if we get devoted, if we get serious, that we will not allow nothing to stop us from fulfilling this great commission here at this church, this region will never be the same. You are seed that's been planted. Inside the word plant, P-L-A-N, is God's plan. The plan of the great commission to be fulfilled has a lot to do with what God planted you. The reason you got what it takes is because you got who it takes. In that same scripture, we see that Jesus uses the word all. He talks about sharing the gospel to all nations. Then he talks about sharing all of my commandments. Then he say, I will be with you always. You are not by yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. God is with you. The Holy Spirit lives with you. He's our paracletos. He goes with you and lives inside of you at the same time. Paracletos, whatever you need, he's right there. If I fall, he's not just my paracletos. If I fall, he's my parachute. If I get sick, he's my paramedic. If I'm in trouble, he's my paralegal. If I get crooked, he gets me parallel. And whenever I need a word, he gave me a paragraph. Let me tell you this. And I want you to get this. God has given something to you. And when God made you, he made you like no one else in the world. You are uniquely, you are one of a kind. I don't care what no one said about you. My teacher in the 10th grade put her finger in my face and said, you will never amount to nothing. You will never graduate high school. Not only did I graduate high school, I went and graduated college, got my undergrad in business. Not only did I graduate with my undergrad, I went and got my master's. Not only did I get my master's, I went and got my doctorate degree. And I went back and found that same teacher and told her thank you. Because she motivated me to let me know it don't matter who counts you out when God counts you in. Somebody in here today might be saying, can I do it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God has put something on the inside of you to help win a friend, to help introduce a family member. And no one is so far 
that they are beyond God's reach. God can use you to win the chief of sinners. I challenged God. I said, God, are you really calling me to preach? They took me out of class in elementary school, in middle school. They said I was handicapping the tongue. I had to stand in front of the mirror, had a speech therapist, strut, strut, strawberry. Strut, strut, street. And they thought that I would never be able to speak in a fluent way in front of crowds to be able to move them. And the same tongue they counted out is right now in North Carolina preaching the gospel in front of God's children. <laughs> Let me tell you, the time is now. It's my first time sharing this story publicly. I had a guy in prison. He wrote me and said, listen, I really want to grow in Christ. I want to be discipled. I want to get strong in the Lord. And um, I, I got the letter. I read it, set it down, and said, I'll get it to it later. Little did I know he would die. And I procrastinated was someone who was hungry. Someone who was starving for God's word. And I took time for granted and said, I get to it after a while. Procrastination is a sign of arrogance. It's to hold out as if I'm guaranteed more time. None of us know how many more days we have to live. None of us know how much time we got on earth. None of us know how many times we'll be able to walk past that person that we can share the gospel with? Let me tell you what time it is. It's time to give it to them now. Don't take time for granted. God has blessed you with life, with the ability to speak, to spread his love to other people. And if you know anybody in your life that needs to be shared Jesus, I need you to be devoted in 23 that I'm going to do all I can to introduce them to the same one who changed my life. If you're going to make that devotion, raise your hand. Come on, let's give God praise, y'all. I got 45 seconds, and I want to use this. I need everyone to close their eyes. If you're not 100% sure that if you die, you will go to heaven, that if you will go home tonight to close your eyes and lay your head on the pillow to never open your eyes again, are you sure that heaven is your home? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Or have you guessed and wondered, will I make it to heaven? Have you always said, I, I really want to know I'm saved for sure. If you're not sure you're saved and want to be sure, if you're not sure that if you die, you'll go to heaven and want to be sure, I want you to raise your hand now when no one can see. To say, I want to give my life to Jesus. One hand, two hands. Three, four, five, six, seven. Anybody else? Eight. Anybody else? Nine. Anybody else want to give your life to Christ now? That's nine people I've seen that just raised their hand. Come on, let's give God praise, life point. <laughs>
Repeat after me. Jesus, I love you. And I thank you for loving me. At this moment, I trust you with my life. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. That he died on the cross for my sins and rose again with all power. Now I know that I belong to you, but I also know that you belong to me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Devoted City Church podcast. If you liked today's episode, rate us and subscribe so others can be encouraged too. We invite you to join us on a weekend at one of our locations or online at devotedcity.com.